Hello friends, Sagan here. Welcome back to Indie Author Weekly, where I share my behind-the-scenes journey of writing and self-publishing books. If you are new to this podcast, I am a productivity strategist for multi-passionate creatives at saganmorrow.com. I help people manage their time and energy effectively through customized, actionable strategies that work for your unique life and business. When I'm not teaching about productivity to solopreneurs, I spend my time writing romance novels and occasionally business books. And that is what this podcast is all about, the adventures of the author life. Now let's get into this episode of the Indie Author Weekly podcast. Today, I want to share three mistakes I made with the print versions of my books. It's really easy to make some silly mistakes when you are publishing a print version of your book, so I hope that by me sharing those mistakes with you now, you will be able to know not to make the same mistakes with your own books. Luckily, you can correct those mistakes and upload the new file of the printed version to Amazon, for example, if you use Amazon as your book printing service. And by the way, if you want to grab paperback copies of my books, you can do that by searching Polyamorous Passions in the Amazon Bookstore, or you can visit saganmorrow.com books. And if you are living in Winnipeg, which is where I live, um, then you can just send me a message on Instagram or Twitter at saganlives, um, because I actually have print versions of my book, so I can get that book to you directly um, in person. So you can always reach out that way to get a print copy of my bit, of my books. Okay, so let's get into this episode. Here are three mistakes I've made when publishing the print versions of my books. Mistake number one, not double checking the formatting. When I gave my manuscript to my book formatter for the first time, I naively assumed that they would format everything exactly the right way with the proper italics and everything like that. You know, I didn't really think, it's very weird because like I have a background as a proofreader, but for some reason I didn't, it didn't occur to me to double check that everything that I had submitted was formatted the way that I had submitted it. And you know, I assumed that it would be formatted the way that I had submitted to them, and unfortunately, this hasn't always been the case. In fact, I didn't realize until after receiving the print copies that very first time um, that the formatting was messed up. In some areas, the page numbers didn't match up quite right with the table of contents, or things that were supposed to be italicized weren't, or the back matter wasn't in sequence so that was that it was only on odd pages. All of these different types of little details. Another version of this mistake that I've made was not taking into account how the cover image might change on the print version compared to the e-version. For example, many of my book covers featured a horizontal image, so it could wrap around really beautifully from the front to the back of the book on the paperback version. But my most recent book, Out of Control, which is book six in the Polyamorous Passion series, features a vertical image. As a result, it's the only book in the series so far that features a solid white back cover beneath the book blurb and the um, author info, rather than the continuation of the image from the front, the front of the cover. 
if you want to see an actual real life, you know, a, the this sort of for yourself, this sort of visual for yourself, if you if you're kind of trying to figure out what this looks like, you're trying to picture it in your mind, um, you can always check out the print versions of all of my books when you search polyamorous passions on Amazon. That's how you can access all of the paperback copies. So you can actually see how this looks with the print uh, version of that book cover, the front and the back. Okay, mistake number two, using a font that I don't have access to. This is a really good mistake to know about that you might not have thought about at all. I really loved the body font that my book formatter chose to use in the first three books in my Polyamorous Passion series, which was Nutratext. The only problem is that Nutratext isn't available automatically in Adobe, and it's weirdly difficult to track down that font and then add it to Adobe so that it, I can actually make changes with it. So what this means is Anytime I notice a small typo in one of those books, I can't easily just correct the mistake myself and then upload the new version to Amazon. Instead, I have to keep a running list of any changes that I want to make and then send that list to my book formatter so they can make those changes. Needless to say, as a proactive step, I have now asked my book formatter to use Times New Roman as the body font for the rest of my books. When I start hiring an editor for every new book release, then I might go back to using a prettier font like Nutratext. I've also done a better job with my more recent books with doing a lot more uh you know, copy edits and proofreading and that kind of thing, a lot more rounds of edits before publishing the book. Um, compared to the first book in the series, it didn't go through as rigorous um, rounds of edits as my books do now, now that I'm further on. So there are much fewer changes that I will be making, I would assume, um, with every new book that I publish. But, you know, no matter how good of a job you do, no matter how many rounds of edits you do, there's probably always going to be a couple of odd errors here and there that you'll want to um, fix after you've already published it. By the way, if you want a few tips for how to edit your own work, you can get those in episode 15 of this Indie Author Weekly podcast. Mistake number three. Purchasing too many copies the first time. It's a real pain when you order 20 paperback author copies um, to be delivered to your house, and then you realize that you didn't check the formatting, as with mistake number one, for example. You want to be really strategic with how many books you order at the same time, so that if or when you make changes, you won't have a bunch of books to sell before the new versions come in. And maybe 20 books won't be a lot for some people. In future book launches, that will be a really tiny number for me. But regardless, it's something to think about. You know, just being very strategic with perhaps getting a smaller batch of copies of paperback copies the very first time, just so you can confirm for yourself when you're holding the book in your hand that it is exactly the way that you want it to be. Another example of this is that 
Um, I have actually already redesigned one of my book covers. So that's um, book four in the Polyamorous Passions series. Uh, that book is She Wants More. I already redesigned that book. So once I, when I redesigned that book cover, that meant that I, I still had these copies of like the original book cover. I still had those paperback copies to sell um, before I wanted to get that new batch in with the new cover design. So I would really encourage you to get smaller batches of your paperback books delivered to your house each time just to uh, accommodate for those potential things that you will be changing down the line. If you're, cur- if you're curious to learn more about that whole story about why I redesigned the cover for book four in the Polyamorous Passions series, um, I shared that all about that backstory and what kind of happened with that um, in episode 14 of this Indie Author Weekly podcast. Okay, so to recap, the three kind of silly mistakes that I have made with print versions of my books include mistake number one, not double checking the formatting. Mistake number two, using a font that I didn't have access to. And mistake number three, purchasing too many copies, um, too many paperback copies all at once. So I hope that this helps you so that you don't make the same mistakes that I did with your own books. Now, I would love to hear your thoughts on this. Connect with me on Twitter and Instagram at SaganLives to chat about it. And you can send me a message on either of those platforms if you have requests for future episode topics too. The more you tell me what you would like to see more of on this podcast, the better I can accommodate that. You can also submit your questions or topic ideas anonymously at saganmorrow.com question. If you enjoyed this episode, please take two minutes to share this podcast on social media and subscribe and rate it on Apple Podcasts. Anytime you share it or leave a rating or a review, it helps more listeners find the Indie Author Weekly podcast, so every bit counts. I really appreciate your support. By the way, you can access complete word-for-word transcripts of this episode and all past episodes, plus sample chapters of my books and a few other bonuses and goodies on the secret version of this podcast. Get access to all of that at saganmorrow.com slash secret podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Indie Author Weekly Podcast, and I will see you in the next episode.